Hey, Iced, how are you doing? Yo, yo. How you guys doing? Pretty good, man. How's your day been? It's been all right. What about you? Uh, it's been pretty good. I mean, caught the flu, I'm pretty sure. But we move. Oh, yeah? yeah I feel like it's flu season really? right now. It's flu season, yeah. huh? It's like there was the first one in, what, November, September? And now everyone in the fuck everywhere I'm at, there's people coughing and shit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stay home. Fuck this. <laughs> no way. I don't want to handle that. But anyways. Yeah, bro. Fuck. Yeah. So um, I think from what I've understood, you don't have that much time. So let's jump like right into it. Um, typically, I like just starting it with like, what's the what what your background was, how you got into crypto. So I think you're fairly transparent with that. Like you've said that I think you were you used to do COD on YouTube. I'm pretty sure. And then, like, how did it go from that to Ice Knife on Twitter and NFTs and crypto, basically? Yeah. So um, the name Ice Knife like was created like ten years ago. At this point, I created my Twitter like in 2012. So actually, it's coming up on like 11 years now. Um, and uh, it was originally created um, because I was um, pretty much creating content on YouTube. And uh, through that, um, you know, I, I joined a bunch of gaming organizations, um, most notably FaZe. Um, and that was like, you know, everything I was doing probably for the first five years, five, six years. Um, and then uh, in 2017, um, I bought the Bitcoin top probably at like 17, 18, like something like that. And um, I didn't pick up crypto full time until probably like 2020. Um but yeah, that was that was 2017. Was probably like when I when I first created a Binance account. I bought like BNB when it was like ten bucks. I bought like Ripple when it was like a couple cents. A um, bunch of other like coins, but also Bitcoin at like you know seventeen, eighteen. So that was like my first introduction. And then like ever since, not ever since then, I wasn't really tweeting or like involved in like the crypto space on Twitter because like the, honestly, there really wasn't a big one. Um, I feel like at that point, um, it wasn't until 2020 that I really picked it up like full time and then started like tweeting about crypto and, um, you know, following a lot of crypto guys on Twitter. Yeah. Was there, did you ever have the intention to become like the, the influencer type or was it always just like, no. vibes and shit? No, no. So I already, yeah. So I guess to answer that, I already had, um, I guess a following from my previous life in gaming in the gaming industry. So I probably already had like 120 K followers, um, at that point. But like, as I transitioned into like just full-time crypto, um, I never, you know, I guess plan to become an influencer. It kind of just happens. You don't really, I feel like you don't really plan that type of stuff unless you're actively creating content outside of Twitter, like, you know, YouTube and, uh, TikTok and stuff like that. Um, then you're like trying to become, you know, you're creating like real content. But there's a lot of guys on like Twitter that are just big Twitter personalities, right? And they don't actually create like content, content in the form of like, you know, traditional content. Yeah, for sure, that makes sense. So, 
where what was the what was the push to go from gaming to to nfts and to go full-time crypto um it was just what i was interested in um i went to school for uh finance but i don't know i think the traditional markets are a scam insurance is a big even a bigger scam um and the only things like like i personally think have like um I guess, like, true intrinsic value are, like, real estate, um, some commodities, and, like, precious metals and stuff. But, like, other than that, like, I think everything else is just, you know, purely psychology-based. That makes sense. I mean, I think, obviously, it's true to a starting extent. I mean, even the things that have value, like precious metals and all that you're never all too sure about about how those supplies work i think depends which ones obviously but that being said i think one thing i wanted to bounce off of was because a lot of people have talked about like game fi and gaming and web3 and game nfts and all that shit and a lot of people talking about it aren't actually gamers or don't have much experience in the gaming industry at least compared to someone like you so right. what, what are your thoughts on that yeah, there's a lot of pushback uh, from the gaming industry to like integrate either like NFTs or crypto or some type of not not play to earn, right? In, in in the sense that we've been exposed to, but play to earn in like a sustainable way where you know you would just own your assets, whether it be NFTs or um, some type of coin that's used in game to purchase items or you know their own marketplace, whatever X, Y, and Z. Um, it's more so to have the opportunity to resell items that you um, either win or unlock or, you know, that are limited for, you know, let's say like they drop some Halloween stuff or like Christmas stuff around those holiday items um, and uh, so on and so forth. Um, but <clears throat> there's a lot of pushback from gamers to integrate, you know, like, like actual Web3 games. But I think... I also think we're, like, five years away from, like, anything, like, mainstream, like, Fortnite or CSGO or um, League of Legends or any of those top games. Like, I, I think we're, like, a good five years away from, like, something like that that becomes really mainstream. That's Web3 um, integrated. Yeah. Typically, typically CSGO is the example that I go to to explain why NFTs could work well in crypto because... It basically feels like it's NFTs, but without the ownership, which is, well, it's what NFTs add to it, right? But it, the market works almost identically to like NFTs as well as mints. It's kind of ridiculous, the parallel that right. you can make there. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I mean, when you were in gaming, you were with FaZe and different organizations, right? But when you go full-time crypto, what has it just been like trading? Has it been Twitter? Like what's the actual... What's the job, basically? Mm. Yeah, no, that's a good question. So, um, trading, I guess, uh, in this, I don't really do, I don't really do too much, um, you know, like scalp trades or TA or traditional, like, uh, I'm still learning a little bit more so like that. Um, but I, I can't, it came more from like being early on trends, like, um, like I bought like a lot of meme coins pretty early, a lot of uh, really good NFTs really early. Um, I also like invest in like seed rounds and stuff like that. So um, 
that that type of stuff helped a lot. Um, I also do like a little bit of consulting. I'm, I'm like a tiny bit, um, but that's like a really small portion of it. Yeah. Okay. And so right now, what's what do you do? I guess you probably have the job. Is there anything active that you're doing, or otherwise, like, what's the day in the life? Yeah. So day to day basis. I mean, here's the thing, right? I feel like I feel like um, a lot of people are like, well, I have to make money like every single day. And the thing is, is like, especially from my experience, like during the bull run, that's really where you make like majority of your money. Like if you can sit out like a year or two, right? I'm not saying you should do this, but if you have like, you know, a regular job or whatever, but, um, you know, outside of Web3, um, it's like significantly easier to make money during the bull market like (laughs) like pretty much anything you buy like goes up it's actually ridiculous and this happened in 2017 and obviously in 2021 um like no matter where you bought like it was pretty hard to buy the top like as long as you were like riding the wave like everything not only alts but like the nfts like every single sector was just going up and up and up so the opportunities in a bull market are just exponentially easier, you know, to trade. Like you don't actually have to be good at trading. You just have to be active and you literally make money. Um, you know, you get a couple good whitelists, you know, you can make 10 grand. It's like, it's like crazy. Right. Um, so my philosophy is like, just survive the bear market. Um, and when the bull comes around, you know, could, could take a year or two, could take three years. Right. But, um, they come in cycles and waves, but as long as you uh, survive, um, then, I mean, you should be in good hands. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's the idea that you're early, because if you get there during the bull run, I figure it's a bit harder. But when you get there, a little like, bit, if you get you there, you can still yeah. make money. Like, for sure. It's, it's crazy. Like, even during, like, you know, after we topped in November of 2021, even after that, there were still lots of NFT projects that like you just got whitelist. You could dump it for like five k like, immediately after mint if you so choose, right? Um, you know there was opportunities like OK Bears or even like something like um, Trippin' Apes, right? They went to like seventy. Um, that was ridiculous. That was ridiculous, yeah. right? So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities, right? Um, and obviously on ETH too, there's a lot, a lot of opportunities on ETH. There's way bigger money there. I'm just more plugged in personally. I'm just more plugged in, in in the soul community, so it makes it, you know, that's where my advantage lies. Um, so yeah, I mean, as long as you have like good group chats and good, you know, everybody just like helping each other. Oh, check out this project. This looks pretty good. Um, you guys should buy this. Not and don't limit yourself to NFTs. There's a lot going on like within. Um, you know, all chains besides Cardano. Um, you should be you should be like you know have your eyes peeled. Like Arbitrum just announced their uh, airdrop. Airdrop, yeah. Yeah, and I I don't really trade too much on Arbitrum. I have you know I've, I've traded on it before, so just you know I I qualified for the airdrop. I'm like cool. <laughs> free money. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. it's just free money. Airdrops are the best, though. That's the kind of thing that only happens in crypto, though. Of course, yeah. That's why, like, explain that? dude, so they... there's so much economic mobility in crypto. You can do it 
around the world. Nobody has any advantages or disadvantages. You could literally just be a Discord mod, get paid 80 bucks a week in crypto. Now you have a wallet, you know, filled with, um, you know, a couple hundred bucks, let's say. And, uh, you know, you can just bridge to a certain chain, do a couple of transactions and qualify for like $500 airdrop, you know, like it's ridiculous. Uh, it's uh, it's fairly beautiful. I mean, it's the kind of thing where like how you can't explain this to someone who isn't in Web3. Like, yeah, I just traded a couple things and then they sent me free money. Why? Because I used their platform. It's like, it sounds like okay. a scam, dude. <laughs> it really does. Uh, I mean, to be fair, a lot of crypto sounds like a scam to a lot of people. That's true. But I mean, I mean, it, most things are a Ponzi, you know, like most, most like people buy things in hopes of um, just to sell it for more. And that's just, you know, greater fool's theory at its peak. And uh, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Right. Like, I think I think traditional um, markets and the way they work are also a scam. Um, I think insurance is a scam. Um, but yeah, I think, I think a lot of those things are just kind of flawed in nature and just based on the house to win each and every time. But, um, yeah, yeah. it's kind of a reality. Yeah. Just a lot of things, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone, every time, if, if the house makes the system, obviously they want to win. And sometimes you'll you'll hit it, and sometimes you're happy. But it's not all gambling. But you've got the parallel. Yeah, like yeah, like even things. For example, like I I don't know if you remember the whole like GameStop craze, um, yeah. and when that exactly. happened, you know, a lot of people didn't understand how like a short squeeze works, and they're like, well, GameStop's going bankrupt, their shit's closing. Um, you know, how could it, how could it just do what it did? Right. Um, and so there were just these banks that were over leveraged shorting, um, GameStop, um, hoping that it's pretty much going to go to zero because only a couple bucks. And, you know, you can, you pretty much borrow shares to sell to then buy it back at a later date lower. And that's pretty much how shorting works. So you sell shares you don't have to buy back later for a lower price. And that's when, that's when you close, you know, the position. Um, And if it never goes down, (laughs) you you, can, your downside is infinite, right? Because a stock stock can go to infinity, right? So even that entire concept is a scam because you can short more shares than like outstanding shares exist. Right. So like, the entire concept is stupid and it's dangerous, right? Like you have to know what you're doing. If you're going to do something like that, you can really blow up your account. Um, so I think, I think that's another one of the things that's absolutely flawed. Yeah. It's always, I th- personally crypto was as much as crypto can be completely ridiculous and how money just gets printed out of thin air and things like that. There was definitely a realization like joining crypto and starting to ask more questions about what money really is and realizing how fucked up some financial systems are and how like they're just creating things out of thin air and multiplying Absolutely, it. Absolutely, bro. <laughs> where does this come from? Literally nowhere. Yeah. 
And I mean, like, we need, to be clear, like, we need money to exist. Like, I'm not going to go and trade you a chicken for, uh, you know, some seeds or something. You know, that's never going to happen again. We need we need some type of currency to, to trade something, right? It needs to exist. I think fiat also has its, um, you know, good place, too. I don't think crypto is ever going to be, like, take over the world and we're never going to have a uh, fiat currency, right? I think governments should exist, right? Because... I mean, at the end of the day, no, like people abide by rules in fear of the government, right? Like, at, this is my philosophy, right? People have other philosophies, right? But you don't steal, right? If somebody's just like, doesn't have morals, the only thing that, uh, I guess, stands in the way of them stealing is the fear of getting caught and, you know, rotting in prison, in prison pretty much, right? So... You know, a government's always going to be needed, and therefore, like, we're always going to need fiat currency. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a fairly pessimistic take, I think, although I, I tend to agree with it, because there's a certain level, and maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but I feel like it's kind of having a certain belief in humanity as a whole. It's like, do, no, I'm, do I'm I think these guys are assholes person, or not? To, like, okay. to be clear, but I just think, I, like, to, there just needs to be a few bad apples, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. There just needs to be one bad person, and he could, you know, he or she could be, um, you know, detrimental to society. For you know, I don't want to give an example because that's weird. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of. In a way, it reminds me to a conversation I was having with another person at one point about communities. And this was in the context of NFTs, but the it was with Lieutenant Lollipop, which you obviously know, um, who mentioned communities at the scale of NFTs, but even larger of that, where you'd be able to have, in the sense where if you have that one bad apple, because of a system of like social regulation, so just basically reputation and how you'd be shunned from a group and everything, that bad apple would be able to be pushed away just as a system of social regulation. And I don't know. It was an interesting take, however ideal I think it is. But I'm not, I'm not really sure where I'm going with that. Um, <laughs> but it was, no, just, no it was just an interesting conversation, I feel, of the, the whole like regulation without a government and just between people, which is... Yeah, I think it's idealistic. I mean, but... that... It, it's idea. It is. I think. Um, I just think you know, crypto as a currency is needed, right? Like you, you do need it. I just think it it can't be the sole, and entirety of financial systems. Like it just wouldn't work. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. It's it would be a very new paradigm, and even even beyond like the theory of can it work, would it work, whatever. It just probably won't happen because governments wouldn't want to like let go of that of that amount of control, and it's uh it's such a paradigm shift that people wouldn't want to like take it. I think. But anyways, sure. back to another topic that I kind of like wanted to bounce on because you were mentioning how at one point and in the bull market, obviously you you were always making money, right? And uh, and typically when if you think about Solana and I look at the time where it was like DJ Apes, SMB, Stugbirds, 
you could basically put money in any NFT project and sell it for twice the price the next day or even more, right? Right. And I see a lot of people recently mentioning how, um, you know, the space is more toxic or the space isn't mature or all of these things. And I want to bring back the OG vibes to Solana. As someone who's like been here for so long, what's kind of your outlook on that? Like, it, like increasing the population on Solana? I think just, yeah, the increase of population, but also the, the change of that, the atmosphere that's on there. Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it normal? Is Solana like a particularly toxic space or is that just a byproduct of that growth? Right. I think, uh, so, that's a good question. I think um, Solana users, specifically a lot of the NFT users, are um, pretty entitled for the most part. You know, they're and selfish, I think. Um, and I say that because um, they're very demanding. Like they feel very entitled when they own an NFT, right? And when you own an NFT, like you're you're entitled to absolutely nothing, right? The only way you can complain about something is if you know your project founder promises to put out X and then doesn't put out X you know, and it doesn't give like a, an honest attempt, like a, um, a genuine attempt at it, right? Then you can complain and be like, well, I got rugged or whatever, right? But if you pay for, for a mint, right, or you bought it on secondary, and there's nothing that is promised behind it, you just expect the price to go up. That's just like entitlement in its truest sense. Like you just want to sit there and have your bags go up. You don't even know what you're investing in. And then you complain whenever it doesn't go up. Um, and that's just like lack of maturity and like just entitlement, I think. And that's a little bit toxic. I think like the, the top tier projects like D-Gods and SMB um, and even like OK Bears and stuff, um, they're kind of just like vibing. They're not really like worried about like they understand better how nft works i feel like this is more for like the lower tier nfts and how people just try to flip, like completely flip them and they're not even like the, the the crazy thing is is most people like are here to flip nfts nobody's here to like hold it for like a long long time and that's i think what separates like a pfp like smb and d gods right like people are like holders holders they're not just like i want the price to go up so i can sell they created like holders, holders, if you know what I mean. Yeah, the, the diamond hands, if you want to go down that. Uh, yeah, it's not expression. even like, like, it doesn't matter what the price goes to. Like, they're just like, <laughs> it's just them. Yeah. And that's it's, it's when like crazy. shit goes parabolic. It's it's impressive what they've done, though, especially D-Gods. No, absolutely. As you much can't as, deny yeah. that. Like, as much as like Frank gets a lot of hate, the way he's played everything has been so impressive in the, just the marketing aspect of because i'm i would be part of the people that would argue that they haven't built an insane amount in terms of like pure tech but it didn't matter it was the way they they like weaved a story out of it and built a narrative that people could really rally around in the community that people loved and the attention they generated right so it's kind of what creates that dynamic um, no, absolutely. Yeah. So I think 
uh, if I'm not wrong, right? You're still working with Enigma Ventures, right? Um, not at the moment. No. Not at the moment. Okay, so, my bad. Yeah, no, no worries. So, um, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't. I haven't worked on it in like a long, long time. To be honest, I think uh, it was more of like a collective effort. Um, I pretty much just initiated and created the group chat and stuff like that. Um, but um. Yeah, I've been kind of hands off for like the better part of a long time now. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just bringing it up because I think it's one of the one of the first times that I DM'd you because at the time that was just such a everyone was talking about Enigma, right? And how it was like the influencer Illuminati or whatever, and, and it was <laughs> so chaotic, right? Yeah, so I remember when like like people are like specifically myself was getting a lot of hate because like we're like yeah we're gonna do a 50 soul mint but like it was a private mint like we just we said that just so we could raise funds for a treasury but that didn't even go through anyway like so that was i don't know stressful and stupid but people were like super angry about it i don't know why i mean like it's yeah. not like I, like it's as if like i couldn't create my own nft and group chat it's like so weird yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a position when you're in a, when you have this, when people perceive that you have influence and that you have a position, they're obviously going to, to dissect it all and and find, find a reason to be salty, basically. But there's no logical reason to be salty. Like anybody can do the same, and I know the rebuttal will be like, "Well, you have influence. I can't do the same, right? Like I I can't create that, um, you know, get a bunch of." influencers and important people together and, and do something like that but i mean i'm saying somebody has anybody has the freedom to do that you know like it's not like i don't think it was morally wrong or, or bad you know what i mean like it's just like this is how a lot of times people capitalize on you know their connections and network you know like i didn't yeah, have any at some point like i didn't have any connections or network like somebody can Anybody can come along and just work for it, in my opinion. So I don't see, like, I people were just upset that um, some people were, I guess, selected and some people weren't. But, I mean, that's just life. I mean, I can't, I don't know. It was just weird to me how everybody was just complaining about it. I mean, I think, I, I see both points of view, but in the sense that, I understand where people are coming from because in, in not in the sense that I agree with them, but in the sense that like, I, you sympathize? how would I put it? No, not so much sympathize. It's more like, I, I know that this would happen because people are just going to see your success and they're going to say, why am I not there? And they're going to wish that they were there. And they're going to say, so the only reason it's, I it's coming from a, this. from a place of like, uh, envy. Yeah, for sure. That's the way I see it. And maybe I'm like having a bad look on these people, but I really don't see any other reason for which you're going to say, this dude is an odd. I think it's envy and jealousy. It's the idea of like, oh, look, the influencers are going to come together and they're going to dump all their bags on me. Yeah, people did think that. <laughs> that was yeah. weird. It's like, if you're aware enough to know that the influencers are going to dump their bags on you, then just don't buy their bags. Straight like, up. Fam. Anyways, and and then at the same point, like I know where they're coming from, so I get it, and I get why they're salty. But like in all rationale, like dude, if you want to create your NFT and sell it to people, try, put the work in. 
be early. I don't know. No, I agree, dude. People just people are just entitled, like I said, in the crypto space because you yeah. get free airdrops and they just want it every day. Like you should be you should be thanking God that you're getting these airdrops, right? It's it's a privilege. It's not it's not an you know an entitlement. It's not a guarantee, right? Like it's it really is a privilege. So don't be like yeah. like people always like people start complaining. Oh, why didn't I get the airdrop? I you know I I thinged on you know I I bridged on Arbitrum. I did X Y and Z. Like yeah, you probably should have qualified, but who are you gonna complain to? Yeah. I mean, for a lot of people, it's just, for a lot of people, even being able to have the time to spend on crypto is already a decent privilege, right? Absolutely. Yeah, not everyone. I mean, then again, there's obviously the people who are like, like the, the most relevant example I can think about is the Axie Infinity players who are doing it purely for the money. In which case, it's like, okay, it's your full-time job. This isn't just luck. But like, I don't know. Not everyone can get online at what uh, what 4 p.m.'s uh est 9 p.m cet and say oh i'm gonna i'm gonna have a chat with someone and go yeah. from there right? but yeah i think it also takes time for people to realize the the privilege that they have whether it be in crypto or in real life so there i mean there are people who just don't have the who haven't been confronted to a lot of things and you don't until you see like until you see your privilege you're not going to be aware of it and you're not going to act in accordance to that right exactly right like and the, and the thing is is like once you stop and just take responsibility for your shit and like i don't know how to word this but like just literally just stop bitching and looking at you know being jealous of how other people other people's success and i see a lot of people even even successful people they always say like you know, don't compare yourself to others, like work on yourself. Like, I feel like that's just so true. And people just don't take it that that advice. Like as much as people tell them to take that advice, nobody takes that advice. And they're just kind of like, in a gray area and com- just somebody who just, I guess, feel sorry for themselves whenever they don't succeed, and then feel like they deserve the success, but don't, don't do what successful people do, which is take accountability even if it's not your fault just just be like just take accountability don't put yourself in the situation uh to be there right so like if for example like i don't know if you um take a trade let's say for example right and then there's some you know you're doing your ta you play perfectly but there's some weird news that comes out that just tanks or pumps the market one way um you know, just be, instead of being like, oh, well, I did the TA right, um, you know, it's just, it's not my fault, right? But you should also be understanding, like, okay, announcements do happen sometimes that obviously influence the market. And I should have known better. There should have been, like, I should have known there was an announcement. I should have known, you know, I should have, I should have hedged, you know, one way or another. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I get that. It's... And just try to do better next time. Like, that's literally... And, and eventually you will. So that's what I think. I don't know. Step by step, you always improve. I mean, I agree. It's a lot about you can't really expect yourself to improve or like your situation to improve if you're not putting in putting in the effort and and if you're not putting in consistent effort. I mean, obviously, if, if it fails once and you say, oh, it's someone else's fault and it's going to be someone, thanks to someone that I'm going to manage, 
that's not gonna it's obviously not gonna go your way no absolutely bro like just take responsibility for everything in your life like understand you have nobody else to blame but yourself in the same way like when you win you have nobody to blame but yourself so you know you could be proud of that too whenever you start winning yeah 100 i mean the, the same the same people who get salty at others because their bags didn't pump will probably say it's completely thanks to them when their bags do pump but it's uh, <laughs> like yeah it's, it's the irony there <laughs> but yeah, i mean so back to so you, you work you created more or less enigma and then after that you've created dumbass donkeys right yeah which uh, someone ironically airdropped it to me just funny as fuck. I don't know why I have a dumbass donkey in my wallet, but I have one. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I have no idea what it's there. But so, what is what is the idea behind dumbass donkeys? What what was the creation? Is there any like plan? All the context. Yeah. That. No worries. Yeah. So, um, I created it. I stealth dropped it in a. I think in a pretty much in an era where like everything was whitelist only, and like you had to grind for whitelists. Um. So it was it was kind of like, a, I guess, a little bit of fresh air during that time. Um, and I, I, you know, I conceptualized like every single trait, um, the art, the name, like the logo, and everything about it um, took me like, you know, many, many months, um, you know, and I integrated probably a lot of things that are sentimental to me, like RuneScape party hats or like the YouTube um, logo and then like a bunch of a bunch of things that are just you know cool to me like the game boy and stuff um like i said all uh sentimental to me so um i stealth launched it like completely didn't tell literally a single soul about it um uh had it on soulport's launchpad which uh you know they they uh were generous enough to do that for me i paid them obviously but um, you know, Tom, you know, has like a pretty thorough, uh, um, what's it called process. Yeah. But, um, you know, since him and I are not like, we're not like close friends and stuff, but you know, we're, uh, we've known each other for a little bit. So, um, he was generous enough to, um, you know, let me be on his launch pad and we got that sorted. Um, and we minted for free and it was very crucial to, I guess, be on his launch pad so that it wasn't botted, right? Like every free mint gets botted and yeah. that's, uh, it's just a big problem and it makes no sense to just be like, all right, I'm launching, I launched my NFT and some guy has like 1500 of them, you know, like just made absolutely no sense to do that. So I was like, I need to, I need to make sure it's not botted. Right. And I limited, you know, wallets to like two or three, I forget, um, you could switch wallets, right? But that takes time. It probably sold out by then. So um, I stealth launched it. It was completely free. Um, like I said, everything was conceptualized by me. Nobody had any pre-sale, uh, front-run warning. Um, and I, you know, right after this happened, um, it, oh, and like all the money I fronted myself, right, for, um, you know, from the creation of the art to the launch pad um, to donkey swap um, to, you know, whatever. So 
um, after that, after we, after we had launched, um, I put out a whole thread about like, you know, the origin, the, the inspiration behind it. I'm like, I, I, I stated very clearly, right? Like they're not an investment opportunity, right? Um, like if you, if you, if you like it, you like it. And I wasn't even sure I was going to make a discord because I wasn't, I kind of wanted to leave it as like, a just a, um, just an art collection pretty much. Right. But then I realized it's pretty hard to cultivate a community without a discord. So then I went ahead and made one. Um, and you know, I was trying to, uh, pump the numbers on NFT inspect at the time. You know, and that was that was something I was focused on to to grow a community, and it was going really well at first, right? Because there's a I realized there's there's just so much hype for no reason at at mints because people are just excited to get mints, right? But that hype dies very quickly, you know. Like even even with like constant rating, even with like constant activity, like if there isn't some something else to look forward to in the future, um somehow some way like people aren't going to stick around and that was i guess a little bit of a harsh reality that i kind of uh stepped into and the and the point was i was very frank about it right like i wasn't going to be like okay yeah i'm going to sit on twitter and bull tweet this all day because that just wasn't the case i was never going to do that and i made sure like to keep expectations very very um understood and not be like, okay, I'm literally going to promise everybody generational wealth because that's obviously not going to happen. Um, so anyway, uh, fast forward a little bit. Uh, we finally built Donkey Swap, which is kind of like not an AMM, but like it's kind of like uh, it's a little bit of like a gambling system with your NFTs, where you would uh, insert an NFT and then it would spit out a random NFT from a pool. Um, in return right so like you can try it right now it's the, like obviously the site's up um and you just insert a donkey pay i think a small fee probably like 0.02 soul something similar to like what famous fox charges for like some of their products um and it spits out a random nft from the pool and you can check what's in the pool right um and then what I was trying to do is white label this to other, uh, you know, projects and communities, right? Like try to onboard um, other projects because I thought that would be like something where, you know, donkeys could benefit and um, create some type of like income stream that way, right? But that that but that idea didn't really, uh, you know, didn't gain any traction. Um, people just weren't interested. It was cool for like the first few days I had like, I have like a whole animation done. Um, and, and you know, that I think that UI is really good, but you know, the white label system just didn't work out. So, um, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much where we're at right now. Um, there isn't really much going on in the discord or the project itself beyond that. Um, but like I said, I, n I never put out a roadmap or, promised anything like generational wealth right like it was very um you know clear um i think most people get that but there obviously are like a couple bad apples and they're like like i would even see tweets sometimes and people would be like yeah like ice has something up his sleeve like <laughs> just just so like get other people to fomo in 
and then probably dump on them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a weird dynamic that people just try to pump their bags any way they can. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it goes it goes back to what you said, right? If you don't, if there isn't a promise behind it, you shouldn't expect a, you shouldn't expect the floor pump, right? Right, and I mean, like these are forever going to be above mint price, right? Like if you mint yeah. it, like I didn't raise any funds, you know, like I don't know. So I don't, I, I don't know, but I don't know. I, I, I tried to mimic a lot from I don't know. If, you know, the MFers community on. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool. So I tried, I tried to take a lot of inspiration from that as well. Um, and, and they're like a successful NFT uh, on ETH, you know, and they, they went all the way up to like a five ETH floor, you know, when ETH was like 3000, they're probably worth like 15,000 at the time at the all time high. And, um, they have no utility and no, uh, you know, the founder just, literally minted it for i think he charged i think it was a normal mint like 0.08 you know what i mean like he raised like a million and change and uh he said it was just art and um you know the community is thriving i guess it kind of i guess he kind of just got lucky with it right like that other people in the community stepped up and they kind of like built on top of what he built right so yeah i guess i mean i guess there has a lot of luck to do with it I don't for know. sure mfers i don't i don't really know the mfers history i think the founder also disappeared at one point or he disconnected yeah he, he reappeared recently there right at, so he did another mint raised like a few million through that mint said he was going to delete his twitter once it sold out it sold out d- deleted his twitter lots of fun on twitter people were like wow this guy's like just trying to like cash you know because he, he raised like probably three million plus through both mints you know and Solid. yeah i mean but the thing is is like people call him a rugger but like bro like he he didn't he didn't deceive anyone he didn't scam anyone like he literally just sold you guys art and people are like well he's trying to scam you like no he's not like he's literally not somebody trying to scam you is is, te- is somebody who gives you false promises right you give them money in hopes of them delivering on that promise and you and they just don't and that's that's pretty much what a scam is, you know. Yeah. They've never these these people have never played RuneScape. They've never been to <laughs> the PE. They've never they've never given given their armor for somebody to trim. This never happened. Yeah. They don't know what they a real never scam lost is. Their shit. No. The, the the pain of all that time and effort put into RuneScape and then getting fucked. <laughs> Literally, bro. But yeah, so so circling back, like. I don't think he did anything wrong, you know, like you can't, like, it's not immoral. Like, otherwise you can just say like all artists are immoral because they sell art and all it does is just be art. So it's just, it's just a terrible take, to be honest. And if people keep thinking that way, they're just going to be poor forever. Straight up. Yeah, fair enough. So a bit back to like Enigma Ventures, Dumbass Donkeys. So you've built these things, you've built your Twitter, you're continuing to work. What's what's the game plan now? I mean, you mentioned that the place where you make the money is the bull market and the bear market, you survive it and see what gives. But on a longer time frame, what's kind of your objective beyond making money? 
Um, so I guess, dude, the number one thing in crypto is just making connections. Like, it's so crazy. Like, the opportunities you get, the people you meet, you know, because when people start to meet other people, you get invited to events, you meet other people, you meet people through people. And then when you meet, you know, important enough people, you know, you're invited to these, you know, important group chats, important meetings, um, VC deals, uh, seed rounds, um, investment opportunities. Like you just get in, you just, that's how you become early. Like that's a literal networking is how you become early to stuff. Yeah. I think I've had the experience mostly through the, through the IRL events. Cause I think it's, there's also reality that if you're early, you have more opportunities to meet the people that are early and to build those connections. Right. Cause now it's, yeah. there's, it's a more crowded space. So it's obviously harder to maybe reach the, there are more people competing for that upper echelon to go higher up the ladder. Right. For sure. So it makes it more complicated and just beyond I guess beyond crypto, is there is there something that you want to create that kind of leaves its mark in crypto? Is there what's I'm not sure. Like what is kind of yeah, beyond just this like investment opportunities, the like money, a passion, the crypto. Goal, yeah. Like maybe a passion, exactly. No, I got you. Like a purpose maybe even. I got you. So um in crypto specifically, probably not like a I think I think I always want to be like a a micro influencer in the sense that like um, always want to have a voice. Cause I like speaking like, and I like coming on spaces and I like coming on podcasts and like, that's fun for me. Like this stuff is fun for me. So like whenever people ask me to, like, I'm just like, sure. Um, I, I ran my own podcast for a little bit, but it was, I don't know. It was just hard to um, always manage it. It's a good um, price show, right? Yeah. I mean, it did, it yeah. did all right. We had, we had like a thousand subs on YouTube and stuff. But I don't know. It was, it was always hard to coordinate. I don't know. But we really should have done something better there. Um, I really should have taken that a little bit more serious. I mean, I, I would love to, but it's hard to. It's just hard to coordinate with everyone. So um, falls through a little bit. Um, but I guess in terms of like passion and goal, I mean, I don't really want to be the main character in something like then you have too many eyes on you. You kind of want to be in the middle ground, right? And that's also why crypto is so um, attractive because you can just be anonymous and you don't need to be, like I, I can literally be a jacked monkey and nobody, nobody, like they, and people like respect me. It's so weird. You know, like you would see this on YouTube or Instagram and you wouldn't respect it. But like if you're on crypto Twitter, you would. <laughs> so yeah, it's, a, it's a special so, world. Yeah, so I don't, I don't really want to become like, I'm, I'm like I think what I'm good at at my core is just identifying identifying trends early and marketing, uh, more than like, more than I am, um, I don't know, a trader, quote unquote, right? That's still a work in progress, um, but yeah, I don't think I don't have like a, a clear vision of like yeah, this is, this is what I'm going to achieve in my life. It's more like, I don't know, just staying with the trends, continue to network, um, seeing what pops up every single day. Um, I do, like I said, I do a little bit of consulting. That's really a small portion of it. 
Um, but, um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much where I stand. Yeah, and, I mean, do you have that further passion outside of crypto and just as a, maybe like as a personal goal of, or maybe not even so much a goal, but something you want to focus on more than other things? Maybe something that I think I've had some people mention, like their relationships, for example, George's from uh, Boogles mentioned it. He was like, I want to focus a lot on like the relationship that I have and consolidating those. Right. No, yeah, that's super important. I mean, if he's talking about like romantic relationships or like personal relationships, all of them. like networking, all of them. I think he was mostly the way the way he was focusing on it was more like friendships, family and relationships. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah, financial. No, that, that is super important because at some point, right, like if you become financially independent at like at some point, you don't need to be chasing any more money. You kind of like play defense. And when you're playing, you know, you're just trying to protect your assets at that point. And when that comes around and hopefully, you know, everybody reaches that, um, you know, you, you just kind of have to focus on living life. Right. And whatever, however that works for you. Yeah. Like you have to wake up in the morning and be happy at the end of the day. Otherwise, like, I mean, you're just living a miserable life. Right. So um, I think focusing on those relationships, surrounding yourself with good people, good intentions for you. Um and care about you in a sense, like in the same sense, like your parents would care about you. Um, I think that's super, super important. Um, and I mean, that's like really what gives, I don't know, not to get too philosophical, but like, I think that's what really gives like um, a better sense of like belonging, happiness. And like you move up in like <laughs> Maslow's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck it. Get get philosoph get philosophical. I mean, I tend to agree. I think it's just one of those things that has marked me, and and I've already mentioned in the past. It's the uh, like, what, as much as this isn't like always accurate, it's a mention that my that my dad had told me that was like, um, some of the best moments are the moments that you share because you share them, and some of those moments wouldn't be as special if you weren't sharing them. And as much as I do value the time that you can spend alone and where you just have that time of like reflection and all of these different things, it is true that a lot of the joy you can take out is from when you're surrounded with people, whether, it, whether it's friends, family, or, or more. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I like that quote. It just, yeah, it, it, it means a lot, I guess. It just, it, there's a sense behind it. It's not complete, obviously, but... Right. I mean, not a lot of things are complete when you say it in like extremes. You always need subtlety in life. Okay, so I have back to a like completely different but hot topic. Well, not hot topic that much anymore. But when you had your SMB burned by Lollipop, what was like? Were you surprised? How the fuck did that happen? What was the like? How did you react to that? For sure. So I think it was the day of uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So it was Turkey Day. Um, I was pretty much getting ready to go. Like I was, I was about to leave my house. And then like I have Twitter notifications off. Right. So because like my phone would just be like I, it just drains my bar battery too much. So I, I try not to, you know, I just I literally just keep it off. So. 
I just go on Twitter. Like, I'm only going to see what's going on on Twitter if I go on Twitter. Like, I don't get notified for anything. Um, I used to. It's just hard for the mental health. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's, it's just draining. I spend too much time on it. And then I start caring too much. And that's the other problem. Um, so, yeah, I just, I just had notifications off for a while now. So I was actually on I was on my phone on Twitter at the time. So, like, I, I got I saw the notification immediately when it happened. I thought it was like one of those fake sales like. Like that has happened before, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I saw it was from like the real like SMB sales bot account. I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, I was really happy about it, to be honest, because like, I, it's not like I sold it for floor, right? Like it was, this was like a top 10 SMB sale, you know, like there wasn't really much ah, was more I could, I could potentially get for it. You know what I mean? Like this was like peak value in my opinion, um, peak soul value, right? People, people were like, oh, wow. Like he sold like for 30 K right or because so it was like 15 16 bucks at the time yeah um and people were like oh wow you sold you sold for 30k like the floor used to be 55k i mean people who say that i mean you're living in the past first of all you definitely are and and second of all like the so like you're you're overlooking this the solana value here right because if you're bullish on solana it'd be pretty hard for like so like Let's say even Seoul reaches all time all time highs again. I don't think that SMBs would be like at a thousand Seoul floor. They'd probably maybe go to like 200, 250, 300, you know. And we've seen that before. But I think it'd be pretty hard to be to see SMBs at like a thousand, right? So, assuming that, I mean, if you just held the Seoul, right? Like it just it'd be worth exponentially more. So. That was my philosophy on like, because whenever here's, here's how also a lot of people fail to trade NFTs. Um, whenever Solana goes down, that's when you sell your NFTs. And whenever Solana goes up, that's when you, bu you start buying NFTs because they always vary inversely. Every single time um, uh, you saw like huge pumps and collections aside from like, the black swan days when FTX went down, right? Because everybody's scared, just wants to get their assets out. But I'm saying it, it, whenever Solana's trending downwards, uh, floor price tends to go up. And whenever Solana's trending upwards, floor price tends to go down, you know? So uh, with that, that's kind of how I trade my NFTs. Yeah, it kind of moves... It almost moves in function of USD, actually. Exactly. Basically. It does. Uh, some, it you know, obviously, there's exceptions, right? Sometimes it goes up together, right? It, like something like Kalanosaurus, so I think, has gone up together yeah, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously, there's exceptions. I just think for the, for the majority, right, like, you know, I think, I think that they vary inversely. Now, I mean, it's it tends to be what it looks like. I guess that that trend might change with uh, with the bull market, and obviously, it's not always the same. But yeah, just that example of Klanosaurus. I saw it pump, then I saw Soul go up, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna sell this shit." Got fucked, uh, and I was like, "Oh, damn." But anyways, Stop that's just my money, bags. I'm sure. So don't don't even. Oh fuck it. yeah, I did. Exactly. Don't that's the thing. I'm sitting here and I'm like, dude, I bought them for ten and I sold them for sixty. 
Like, <laughs> bro, that's a W any day, bro. Don't let anybody 100%. tell you otherwise. It's all right. Yeah. I, uh, I think you mentioned um, the notifications on Twitter and you said, uh, I just care too much. And it kind of, well, it reminds me on both one end, I was talking to, to Toshi, who was mentioning uh, a friend of his who's an influencer and who basically told him, I hate this life because of the energy it takes and the amount of attention that you have to, to pay and everything and all of that, that like mental strain. And I think it also parallels the fact that you have all the people who are envious, right? Who expect you to, to do X and Y or to not do A and B, things like this. And I kind of wanted to mention, yeah, how, how has it been like becoming an influencer and then kind of handling that stress and handling that pressure that people don't necessarily realize when people are envious and think that you have like sunshine and rainbows? How, how does that kind of work? Is it that dark? Is it easy to handle? What's the, how's that evolution yeah, been think- for you? Yeah, I think um, it's not that dark because at the end of the day, bro, like you can just close your phone and go on with your life. Like, especially uh, being anonymous, right? Like, it's 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 a huge blessing because at the end of the day, like I can just turn off my phone and you know go back to my other life. And and as somebody who values privacy a lot, like that's super super valuable. Like it's it's literally invaluable, right? So, um, as long as you like understand that don't get too attached right to to, because like there's always gonna be people on twitter like like you literally get death threats you get like like people say mean shit so you kind of just have to have thick skin like naturally and obviously over the years like you build that um and somebody like myself like i don't really get that way but like um once in a while like you'll be like oh fuck like kind of a shitty day like when everyone's like attacking you one day, you know, like it's just it's never going to be, a good, you're not going to be like, Oh yeah. Like I, I feel really good right now, you know? Yeah. So, but at the same time, like, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty grounded, like pretty level headed. So I don't really get too happy or too sad about these types of things. I just kind of like, you know, go with the flow of things um, and just try to do my best regardless and live with the results. But yeah. So, it can be mentally straining, especially like it, it's not for the weak minded, somebody being on social media in general, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, unless you're like somebody who doesn't only use a social media to scroll through it, but even so, like, you're always going to find like stupid arguments and people saying something stupid that you disagree with heavily. Right. And then you like jump in the conversation and then they start like back and forth and you have like this bad interaction and that sometimes if you're, you know, if you're um, really sensitive, like it can ruin your day. Right. But like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, hey, if you manage to have a good handle over it, that's just all positive. Right. At the end of the day. No, like... I agree. Yeah, I think I think it's well, it's definitely a blessing to have um, a reach because like. There's many ways to, um, you know, capitalize on that without being like, oh, hey, like, let me rug you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to even even just having like an audience is super, super um, beneficial in and of itself. Right. Because there's so many avenues you can take, um, especially like content wise. Right. Like if you if you if you want to just like start streaming right on kick. Now you have an audience. 
you want it to, you know, and, and even through that, you can get like sponsors for it, you know, and be like, just get like, like decent sponsors. And that can be a nice source of income. Um, and nobody's really getting hurt in the process, right? You can get a sponsor for like a VPN for like some random mattress for, for fucking manscape that I see everywhere. Seeky, that that I always see also. <laughs> yeah, NordVPN, like they do crazy marketing, bro. I see that on everybody's <laughs> YouTube channel. It's crazy. Like these guys are giving out grants like Polygon. So <laughs> shots fired. Uh. <laughs> no, I, I'm. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I mean, it doesn't hurt anyone, and I don't. I don't mind if people like have sponsors, you know, and they're like, hey, like brought to you by X Y. You know what I mean? Like they're doing a service. They're dedicating their time. They create these videos for free. People listen for free. It's entertainment, and um, they don't get paid from it. In, you know, directly from Twitter or sometimes on YouTube, but the ad revenue is very minimal. So getting a sponsor is uh, a lot of times crucial for a lot of these shows to even survive. Like I know like, um, like the nifty portal, I think they have a couple sponsors and I'm, you know, I'm very happy for them. Yeah. And they're a great show and they continue running it and it's what allows them to continue running such a good yeah, show. Right? And they do, you know, they do a lot of research. There's a lot of effort that goes on to them. They, they, they're consistent each and every single day so um you know happy for them you know nothing bad to say i think i think they deserve um their success and um you know the sponsors that sponsor them that's and that's literally it you know like if they pay if they get paid you know two thousand five thousand a month from each sponsor like so be it like i'm not i'm who am i to get in the way of them you know and a lot of people are, are like wow sellouts like I don't know if a lot of people say that anymore, but like I remember even in the early days of YouTube when, when I was on, like whenever people would uh, um, like announce like a sponsorship or like something like that, people would have a very toxic relationship with money. They'd be like anything money related is just like anti-culture. It's, it's just like a, a really weird take. Yeah, there's always all that hatred about like product placement as well, right? That was its whole thing. But I mean, bro, it's just—it's not a big deal, bro. Like, (laughs) it's literally not a big deal. Like, this is just how brands work. They want—they want to increase their market share. They need more exposure, so they go to influencers, and that's how it works. And I don't think that's bad at all, especially like if, like I said, if if you're gonna be—if you're gonna say at the beginning of your space or at the end of space or even just in the title. Um, just mention them. I don't think it's a big deal at all. I think, like, I'm happy for you to do it. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to make a big deal out of it. If you do, it's just, I, maybe I'm just an asshole, but I really tend to come back to the idea that I think it's based out of envy and jealousy because there's no I, other reason. I think it so doesn't... too, dude. I think so yeah. too. People are just like, wow, he doesn't deserve this $2,500 a month for promoting um, Manscaped or NordVPN. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bro, who cares? Like, you would do, like, the, thing, the crazy thing is, is, like, you would do the exact same in the other person's position, and to sit here and say that they don't deserve it is is just idiotic, and, and it's, it's, it stems from jealousy, and that's all, that's all it is. I mean, I 100% guess it's, it's just, what, what other reason is it? It's like, it doesn't damage your viewing experience. It's good for another person. Exactly. It, it, it doesn't mean that you have to buy the product. It's just like, dude. It's actually a very healthy relationship. Like, imagine right now, like, 
you had a you know you yourself had a sponsor like right let's say you got paid 500 bucks a month you know just to run these spaces um and you're like hey guys check out nordvpn you had like a 30 second ad let's say for example i'd be like bro i i'd say the ad with you like i wouldn't care you know like (laughs) this is not i don't know people just are like bag blocking too much these days yeah i mean oh well uh, bear market vibes but <laughs> so i kind of uh, back to like the whole influencer topic i think i had i have two questions but they're separate one of them is that a lot of people um expect there to be like a cabal a group of people that have that inside knowledge that know what's going on in your experience is there any what kind of how f- true is that and are there have there ever been any moments where you know, there was like shady, shady things happening or anything that people like all these people that expect something to be exposed. Is that true at all in your experience without necessarily going into the details? Yeah, right. I know exactly what you're saying. So in the short answer is no. Like there, there isn't like some mastermind behind every single market move that happens. And like like the all the influencers capitalize on every single nft and every single nft that mooned like they it was you know orchestrated that is an absolute no some like people are caught off guard many many times especially a lot of like solana people misty gods like especially like smbs um a lot of the early smb guys like a lot of us didn't have egots to be honest with you um i faded that shit so hard yeah so (laughs) same so a lot of us didn't have that, didn't just, you know, and that wasn't orchestrated or, you know, a lot of us gave him a lot of hate too. Not myself, but, you know, a lot of other people. So um, there definitely isn't anything that's, you know, a big cabal or like a group chat strong enough, or at least like in my experience, right? A group chat strong enough to like move markets and influence everything at any given point in time. Um, and, you know, take advantage of X, Y, and Z. I don't think that exists. Um, but there definitely is group chats that are like, you know, sharing insider shit that are just like such valuable information that you, if you weren't in that group chat, like you wouldn't be able to capitalize on it. And that sometimes does happen, you know, like they get alpha before it's alpha. Um, but that's also just part of networking. You know what I mean? Like if you want to be in those important chats where people know stuff people know people people know when something's about to be announced you know like and you want to front run something like that (laughs) i mean that's just part of being uh you know well connected and having a really good network and that's just as true as it as it is you know and i don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that Uh, i mean i just say the game's the game right like that's that's part of the game and you're playing it the game literally is the game yeah yeah and have you ever seen any any people in a position of influence kind of take advantage of it and sketchy actions? Yeah, yeah, right? of course, yeah. And what that happens? What kind of position? Not probably yeah, not as often as you think. You know, there are a lot of like good people. Like I met, I meet, like I know a lot of influencers, like personally that are just really good people. Like they they have every like they can they could take advantage of their. Uh, following and nobody would even like know you know what i mean like they can do it very shadily 
but they still decide not to. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for a lot of those people. Um, and then obviously there's, you know, other influencers who take advantage, um, unapologetically. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not that hard. Like people always want to see like a huge exposed thing. It's not that hard to like figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you were just like, I don't know, in the community for at least a few months, like it's, it's not that hard to point out like which guys you can trust to an extent and which, which ones you just like completely can't, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, when you see this inside, maybe like, even if it was just as you get to have that clear perspective because you're more into those group chats and everything, what kind of position does it leave you in to say like, should I call them out? Should I not call them out? Should I, does that put you in a position where you don't really know what to do? Or has that always been clear to you? Some people think like, oh, as an influencer, you have like a duty to like protect but, like, no, you don't. Like, I'm just, like, another guy like anybody else. Anybody could put out an exposed threat if they have any information on it. But also, a lot of times, you have to question the validity of the information. A lot of times, people are convinced that this person is scamming or this person's behind this, right? And then they go through a bunch of different hoops to find out. And I guess um, the evidence is kind of, like, inconclusive, right? But they'll put out a threat anyway pointing to this and then there'll be like a whole rebuttal but nobody really knows like with certainty like this was the person right and it's very it's very hard to even like catch somebody with a red hand um so like with that it's it's really hard to even tweet about like because you're you're especially somebody who has polls influence like your tweets hold a lot of power like right now if i were to like tweet about some small collection and i said like they're going to rug people are going to panic sell, I feel like, you know? So, like, to say, like, tweets don't hold value is um, just flat-out wrong, right? If, especially if people respect your opinion a lot. Um, so, I think, unless there's, like, undoubted, un, like, like, inarguable proof, right? Then you can tweet about it, but until then, like, it's really hard to be like, oh, like, you know, be cautious because you don't want to be like deter somebody from having like a successful drop or something like that, for example. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you could be dealing a lot of damage for something that isn't necessarily true and you'd rather not take exactly. that risk. Exactly. And who am I to stand in somebody's way? Everybody's got to do their own research, right? I'm not here to, prote- I'm not the police, you know, I'm not here to protect everyone. Uh, unless I unless like I know like with like I said a hundred percent certainty, like some people said like okay bears was gonna rug when when they minted, you know, and people were like certain of that. There was like people were like really convinced, and like I didn't I I didn't have one side or the other. Like I didn't know the team. I just minted. I literally minted one bear, um, and that was it. You know, like <laughs> so I I. I didn't have an opinion on that. I was just like, whatever happens, happens. So, um, and some people were really convinced they were going to rug. So I'm not going to sit here and say like, yeah, they, they're going to rug. Like, I don't, who am I? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. At the end of the day, I think 
some people will be like a lot happier to pull the trigger on calling something out if they only because, because it gets them attention. Exactly. It's it's yeah. the fastest way to grow your Twitter. Like I'm not even kidding. Is to uh, yeah. Is to just call people out, whether it's warranted or not, right? And this is what this is what like, um, Shill and Villain did. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna mention like, that. Literally, at it, like it's literally what he did, just calls people out, um, whether it's warranted or not. Like he doesn't actually know if somebody's a scammer or not. He doesn't. He doesn't know if like whatever's going on in the background he's just like fuck it you're a scammer <laughs> and then like even pretty now. much pretty much like and he goes after like the you know the biggest people in the space just says fuck it you're a scammer and then they come on his spaces to pretty much defend himself which then gives his spaces that much more exposure um yeah. and it's a it's a great tactic but it's just like borderline immoral you know what i mean like like what are you yeah, doing 100 percent I mean, it's the uh, now, even... now you're doing like irreparable damage to certain people's careers. Exactly. And even people who, who respect your opinion are now going to believe what you say. And that can be very, very harmful to certain people. Right. Especially because you don't know what the fuck you're saying. You're just saying it for the attention. Right. Which which really works. It really, really works. You know, like it's going to garner a lot of attention like a like a couple once a couple of retweets start rolling in like it it will spread like wildfire on ct if if it's a, a bold enough claim yeah it's also it's the bold claims right it's when you have yeah, to this is also it's those how, yeah and, and to further that this is also how d gods did so well like in, in their marketing strategy and the thing with that i you know can compliment them on is nobody was at the at the short end of the stick with their marketing, you know, they weren't putting anyone else down, putting anybody's career at risk um, and stuff like that. They're kind of just um, doing crazy stuff that just makes everyone talk about them in their marketing strategy, like stuff that just either people feel like doesn't make any sense. They're like, oh, this is bullshit. Like even like what they're doing with their uh, BTC orbitals right now. And they're like, we're selling D gods for 0.44 um, BTC, which is literally like, I don't know, 12 grand or something, like 10, 11 grand. Of money. Yeah. It's the floor but price. Exactly. But it's actually the floor it's, price. So if you think about it, that makes a lot of sense. They're just kind of remaking yeah. D gods for the current price. And yeah. it's a good way for them to raise capital. It, it exposes them to an entire new uh, ecosystem in, in, in ordinals. Um, and uh, it gets their collect. It increases their collection size back to the original 10k that they had. Um, yeah, I respect and, and the ordinals play a lot. I respect it a lot too. I was I was thinking I remint my SMB on ordinals. I think I'm probably going to do that. <laughs> fuck yeah, that would be hilarious. you know like why like why the fuck not right? So I res I respect it. First of all, like I am I'm, I'm happy for them. Like <laughs> this is a like. People, are, I think anybody who buys it, I think could be a little bit questionable because, like, it is it is a very high price, um, and I think I think the what's it called the flip factor, right? Which is what we're, what a lot of people are here for NFTs for uh, is very minimal, right? Like, you're probably not like maybe you'll see it one or two x, um, 
you know, 3x from there. But I feel like it's pretty hard to break through. Like, I, I, it's really hard for me to see collections besides, like, CryptoPunks and Apes be, like, at a million-dollar fuller price. I just don't think it'll happen for another NFT collection, like, pretty much ever. Um, but, yeah, I, I like, I, I personally wouldn't buy it, but I don't, I'm not going to fault the team for trying to do something like that. One, it's garnering a lot of attention, right? Which is, like, it's, it's the right attention you want because you're not, you're not, like, doing anybody harm, you know? It's just kind of, like, wow, I can't believe they're doing that type of thing. And that's how it's spreading. Yeah, but like, I, I mean, same outlook. I respect it, but I wouldn't buy it just because exactly. the way I see it, the, the point for, for, for price makes sense to the extent that it's the floor price. But on the same amount of, on the same plane, like if there are people willing to spend 0. 0.444 Bitcoin to buy a D-God, I would just fucking buy it on Solana and buy the the, the normal D God. But then obviously there's the whole BTC narrative and I just yeah. don't really so vibe maybe, with that. Maybe, maybe so. that those D gods are going to be at a high, traded at a higher floor price. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Yeah. But we'll see. I would, I would argue probably not. Right. Like people will probably just start arbing it because it's the same asset kind of just on another chain. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm glad we agree on that. I think it's a, I think it's just like the obvious take to have, <laughs> But people are yeah. really upset about it, dude. Like, there's people on They're Twitter. They're always like, upset. You can always tell a tweet's doing a tweet was a bad tweet. Not a bad tweet, but, like, a questionable tweet if it has a lot of, quote, retweets and not retweets. It's true. Yeah, because people call that it means people that. have – that means it's controversial as fuck. And that means people are, like, giving their takes and opinions on it. That's what you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't – like I said, I agree with you on, on the points you made. D-Gods just knock it out of the park in terms of get, garnering attention each time. They get, but Absolutely. everyone's and always salty about them. It's like, sure. what's the last D-Gods tweet you saw that received only positive reception? Probably fucking dead gods. Like, Literally. Even that one probably had hate. Yeah, because even then, you still had to pay $3,000 in dust yep. to upgrade it. <laughs> so, I mean, but then, you know, they give you dust by farming it. So, I mean, what do you want them to do? This is how, this is how it kind of works right like yeah <laughs> i mean it's always that people but if, i mean i had another the second question i had that i mentioned earlier about like the influencer part is that i think we've we've seen a lot of influencer kind of generations so there was a time where it was i would say there was you there was nf Tolly, who's now back to nf Tolly, but was yako for a while and then uh, there was Soul Big Brain, who was huge. There was soft money and everything. And now there's this newer generation that spends a lot more time on spaces, like Shill and Villain, Bark, uh, Leap, notably. There's books on uh, on ETH. I love like, Leap a lot. I think I think Leap is great. Leap is really cool. I agree with that. <laughs> He's received a lot of hate for the stupidest reasons in the world, but he does create good content. I, I think, yeah, I think he's a great speaker. And I think he's uh, fair, doesn't go after... He, he, he's... he's building the right way in the truest sense like straight up like he doesn't you know he doesn't um lift himself up at the expense of others and that's very important yeah it's i think each time i listen to his faces i, I might not necessarily always enjoy the like the conversations just because either it's just not a topic i care about or whatever mm -hmm. reason but there's never that 
like I've heard people attack him because there was a whole time where people were getting mad at him because he put, I think, an ETH address in his bio saying, and he'd start the spaces and end it by saying, if you want to tip me for my content, that's the address. And that's all he said. And people were like, you're an asshole no, for wanting crazy. to make a living. That's crazy. Anybody, anybody who says that, yeah. like, bro, just that's that's actually crazy. They have they need to seek um, medical attention. They need, <laughs> they need to see a psychiatrist. Yeah, it's just it's shocking. But yeah, I mean, like just this newer generation of uh, of influencers. Do you think that they kind of? How do you do? You think they're fairly different from what it was when you were kind of like one of the focal points of attention, maybe like on the topper ranks of NFT inspect. How do you think there's like a landscape, the like influencer For landscape? Sure. How much has it changed? For sure. So back, you know, I guess like a few years ago, um, it was more like if you were early or rich or you know, gave alpha early, that's what propelled you to like get a lot of followers. Um, and to be, I guess, an influencer, like an influencer status, um, and giving good takes, right. And now it's shifted more so based on content, right. And who is tweeting more, doing more spaces, um, just creating more content, whether it's good or bad. It's more about volume. Um, and I don't know, because people just, I guess, are on Twitter board every day and they need something to cling on to, right? And they want it to be like NFT crypto related, but it doesn't actually, you know, they're, they're not learning. You can't learn from a space every day, 24-7. Like there's going to be some spaces that are just dog shit. You don't learn anything from them. That's just the way it is. Um, but like for the most part, I mean, now it's more about content, right? Um, than it is about giving good takes. Also, I realize a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this too, um, people want, people support tweets that make them feel good, whether it's true or false, right? So, yeah, that, that makes if, sense. If you if you reinforce their ideas and their thoughts of success to an extent, and it's more like the tweets that are surrounded based off of like, I'm not talking about motivational tweets. I'm talking about the tweets that are kind of like, um, I guess I'll just think of one off the top of my head, just like. If you're, you know, if you're here in the bear market, like you, like you deserve recognition and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. Re like realistically you don't, right? But like tweets like that get a lot of support because people feel, like I said, it goes back to like the entitlement thing. Just because you're here, you don't deserve, you don't get a participation, like you're not getting a participation money. Like this, this just doesn't exist. Like it's just not going to happen, right? Um <laughs> It's the, if you're active on weekends, you deserve a follow tweets. Yeah. No, but, and they do really well. Like, you know, and like I said, sometimes I'm guilty of this myself because like at the end of the day, like garnering the attention is important. Right. Um, but I mean, it's just like not true. Like you don't deserve anything for being on Twitter, bro. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it's all the engagement farming tweets. They're always so ridiculous. For but... sure. Yeah. And to be honest, dude, like I, I originated a lot of them. <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> a lot of these, I mean, a lot of these ones that are used. Um, GM like, say I, it I, back. I, no, that, I didn't do that. No. Oh shit. No, I was, that I was like, I feel me. like you were on the. Which one? Um, if all the if you're reading this tweets were mine, like I, I really said that uh, first. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to take credit for um, the sweeping. Like, what floors are we sweeping? Like, I, I I'm like ninety percent sure I made that up. With, like, with the JPEG of Phantom Attach, where you edited yeah, like two like, million dollars or something. I'm like ninety yeah. percent sure I literally made that. I had a couple of them get like, like four thousand likes, five thousand likes Jesus. back in the day. It was it was retarded, um, and then like everybody just started to you know do that they, and they just always did well like i remember even during like late 2021 like in the bull every time i posted that instant thousand likes and a thousand comments now obviously like the you know there's a lot less traders there might be more active wallets but that's just like they're not act like real active wallets because otherwise we'd see a lot more money flowing and a lot more um, activity on twitter social activity is the number one thing to look at when it, in terms of like bull versus bear straight up but yeah I, I will take credit for like a couple of uh, some of these engagement farming tweets yeah i mean i wouldn't take uh credit for too many of them because the recent ones some of them are garbage man holy shit <laughs> no yeah people people are always like finding those but yeah i mean at yeah, the end of the yeah. day because the thing is if you don't tweet often i try it to tweet like once you. an hour if yeah, yeah, if you don't if you don't tweet often, you um you kind of fuck yourself in the algorithm, and it's, the algorithm doesn't push your tweets as often, and you stop showing up on people's timelines as often. So I try to I literally just try to tweet every hour. Like I literally just try to like remind myself, open my phone, think of a tweet, and tweet it, even if it's like like I'm like I'm I'm horny right now. Like literally, I'll just tweet that. Fair enough. <laughs> Straight up, Think, like set. It's the fact that the algorithm, a lot of people say, oh, the algorithm is made to like keep people on the app and generate attention and everything. But there's also that element that the algorithm not doesn't only screw people that are like viewing the content, but the people that are creating the content because it's geared to force them to spend more time on the app and to it will affect the content that they make, right? Yeah. Like, look at this. So I just pinned a tweet, right? Like, this tweet did... Um... It's like my best tweet of the week uh, in terms Solid. of views sure. and obviously and likes. So like even something like as simple as this, like it, nobody's like gaining value from this. <laughs> like it's literally just me tweeting, like being a retard. But And this um, definitely isn't the best place to get tips either. <laughs> yeah. Of Twitter. It's just like but like <laughs> but like this tweet alone will help me um, get pushed in the algorithm that much more, right? So it's kind of crucial. I mean, this is kind of just like marketing tips 101, kind of, right? But at, but I do try to, you know, the thing about me, though, is that I do try to make sure, like, nobody's at the, at the short end of the stick with my tweets. Like, I'm not going to tweet about somebody for the sake of attention um, because, like, that will inevitably work. Like, if I just start fighting 
like Frank, for example, like I'm going to get a lot of attention, good or bad. But I have no reason to, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think Frank had tweeted something along those lines of, uh, like, I am just an engagement farming source at this point, something along those lines. And it was very true. It was the amount of engagement you can generate off of him makes it attractive for some people to try to get that attention on uh, on Twitter. Yeah. I think it's a thing where if someone asked you how, because if someone wants to, for example, become that influencer or have that voice on Twitter, but they want to keep their, they want to keep their integrity to a certain extent and keep kind yeah, of being themselves. It's very and, difficult now, dude. Yeah, right? It's very difficult. Um, the best way to do it, honestly, is kind of just to keep providing that value, like keep creating those threads, um, even creating threads on like how to, how to receive the Arbitrum airdrop. You know, like I saw like four of it, like, like 10 of them before the Arbitrum airdrop even came out. And then they're talking about the SUI airdrop um, and, and these other, you know, chains that are coming out, you know, Aptos had one too. Um, and even talking about stuff like that, how to get people free money. Like that will gain you a lot of attention, like where to bridge, how to get your money on there, uh, what apps, the apps to interact with, do a couple of transactions here and there, and this should qualify you for that, you know, and like, those are good threads. They're, they're very informational. They make people free money. And it's just that easy to make. It's, it's really not that hard. Um, but but like I, what I've realized also too, though, is a lot of times, even when I do make a thread or make tweets that I think are good takes that people could benefit from, they don't, don't seem to do well. The engagement farming tweets do well. And as much as people say they hate them on the timeline, they interact with them all the time. And um, that's really the, like, unfortunately, like some of the best ways to actually garner that attention and that's why that's, you know, and that's really one of the reasons that I do it. Right. So, um, because the, the, like you, at some point you can't fight, just simply can't. And obviously like, if you any can't time fight I, them, join them. yeah, dude, like, and like some people think I'm a retard because of it. Like some people really think like my IQ is like below 70, which is fine. You know, like that's going to happen evidently from if you judge me based purely on my tweets right like you would think that but um yeah i mean it's it's really hard i don't know if i have like good advice for somebody starting out that's you know really smart wants to um you know grow their following because it's really fucking hard i'd say like the like the best way is to do that but you also have to be really funny like just make funny tweets if you can, right? Original memes help a lot. Um, one thing that worked for me was like my custom Pepe's. Those are good. Those are funny as fuck. Yeah. So a lot of people were like, yeah. and, and the thing is, is like people know that it's me because of the Pepe. Like whenever the they blue, see a blue, right? yeah, and the blue. Like yeah. nobody has a blue Pepe, and I got, the, you know, I got the made and stuff, obviously, and I thought it would help with brand recognition. And also help me out. It also helps to make tweets in general. Like I just, it's easier for me to tweet because now I can just tweet something. And if I add the Pepe, it just, it just makes it um, that much more of an attractive tweet. Yeah.
100%. I mean, like, obviously I'm not an influencer, so I don't know what the, what a solid tip is or not, but I'll always respect, like, the the advice coming from someone who who's had that journey, especially when you see the people who are telling you, uh, like, the, the countless amount of threads about how to create content on Twitter, how to become big on Twitter, and you look at the account, they're, like, 4,000 followers, and you're like, dude, you didn't even crack the top 100 on NFT Inspect, and you're trying to teach me? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like taking advice how to become a millionaire, but you're not a millionaire yet. It's just like, yeah. this is not, the, like, you could, Warren Buffett will tell you how to become a billionaire, and you take advice from Warren Buffett. You cannot take advice from Joe Schmo, right? Even if he has a couple hundred thousand, and he's doing well for himself. This doesn't mean, like, you can get me to the, to that prompt, like, I don't, the goal is not to be where you are. And if you can't take advice from somebody where, like, they, like they need to be already where you want to be to take that advice. And I think that's also really true. That's why, like, if you ever watched any of those master classes, they're done by yeah. professions in their professions. fields. Like, like Daniel Negreanu has a master class on fucking poker. That just makes so much sense. Like, I'm not going to get a fucking master class on poker from, I don't know, fucking... Joe Schmo, like I said, you know, like Daniel Negreanu can teach you fucking poker. Same with Phil Ivey. Yeah, and I mean, on the flip side, obviously it doesn't like apply to everything because if you're looking at a poker player, the the fundamentals are the same, right? But as, for example, just an influencing or like influencer, social media would be the better term here. The game changes and what you're supposed to do to retain that attention changes. So even if you listen to people like... For example, I don't know, like older influencers that have been there before, their advice might not even be up to date anymore, right? So you kind of have to forge your own path sometimes. For sure. Things become outdated. And that's why, like, if you want to be successful in life in general and investing in general, identifying trends is the number one thing, in my personal opinion. I could be wrong. But identifying trends and like it's a, it's a really hard thing to do. Don't get me wrong, you know. Like people are wrong all the time, um, and that's why people like things have bubbles, right? Like the tech bubble or the ICO bubble or um, the dot com bubble, right? Like all these types of things have bubbles, but a lot of times they are the next generation's next big thing, right? That these are where things are trending. And identifying those trends can make you a lot, a lot of money and like a generational investor, in my opinion. So, yeah, it's not the first time you mentioned trends. What, I mean, if you had to name one right now, is there any trend that you've spotted right now, for example? So, I think right now, um, AI coins are really taken off. I don't think we've seen... Um, I don't think we've seen yet much from AI coins. I think there's a couple of that, that have popped off, but none that really take advantage of like the AI itself. Um, so I think I think the AI coins in 2023 20, have a really strong narrative, um, especially with like Chat GPT four coming out, um, and a lot of you know a lot of things riding that type of wave. And especially like whenever you see a lot of these big accounts starting to um, um, talk about these things. They t a lot of times they kind of create the narrative. You know what I mean? Like a narrative is creative, um, and that's what um, is like the backbone of trends. 
right? If people keep talking about GameFi and Web3 gaming and more, there's more and more tweets, like, like I always say, like the social engineering of it is super important. And if you keep seeing like tweets about it, like it's going to come into fruition. Like you keep seeing like, um, I don't know, fucking for example, um, stuff trending on Twitter. That's what's popping off that day because it's trending on Twitter. Right. Or it's, you know, it's a snowball effect and that's what, that's what's, um, starting to take off. And it doesn't actually matter what the fuck the product is, as long as enough people are behind it. Right. This is what happened with like Doge or sheep, right. Or any meme coin, for example. So, um, I think, so back to what you're saying, I think AI coins for 2023 seem really, really strong. Um, I think, uh, web three gaming is also super strong. I just think the problem with that is that you really need a product, like a really strong product. Um, and not just the coin, right. We've seen like sandbox and decentralized stuff, but those are like on very smaller scales. I'm, I'm thinking like a, a real like title, like Fortnite or like call of duty, halo. Um, uh, doesn't have to be like a, a shooter, but like, you know, those big games, um, and have that type of same impact as one of those games. But I do think we're like many years away from that. I mean, I, I agree. I don't think, yeah, just for the gaming space, I think we're yeah. a while away from actually getting, yeah, that, that relevant element. But I'm still looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun, hopefully. And I don't, I think right now people aren't don't have the right outlook for it. But that's just my take. Yeah. People don't. I mean, uh, one fundamental understanding that people have taken a bit too long to understand, if they've understood it, is that um, the point of games is to have fun. It's not necessarily to make money. No, it you is. Just have to make that's a fun that's game. why. I, yeah, people think like work to earn is a scam. That's literally life. Um, yeah can't play a game and earn money all the time i'm not even thinking i'm not even talking about like web3 gaming in the sense that like play this game you're going to make a million dollars play this game and you're going to own the assets in the game that's all it is right just like runescape and now and how rs gold has actual value right you can trade somebody at and, and somebody's out there is willing to pay you know 20 30 cents per million gold for example um and RuneScape doesn't issue it itself, right? It's also very important. Otherwise, they just monopolize it, right? There's no secondary market. Yeah, 100%. I mean, actually, back to the to the trends topic, do you think, is there like a particular reason you think that you're as good at recognizing trend as you are, as good as, as recognizing trends as you are? And how would you, if someone asked you how to improve in that and how to like, actually get good at recognizing trends is there any advice you'd have or has it just come naturally to you um yeah so it's kind of just like all sentiment and just trying to identify where the market is heading and it's more about utilizing like social media you're not going to find it any other way besides social media in my opinion um whether it's through reddit or twitter um discord Maybe not Instagram or something like that or Facebook because those usually have garbage um, 
and TikTok. There was TikTok also has like garbage, like <laughs> financial advice in general. Um, <laughs> no shit. You know, Twitter has bad financial advice, but bro, if you're on TikTok, you must be poor. <laughs> like, like, there's no way around it. Um, Ouch. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, just just being active, following the right people, right? Like, if you see somebody make some smart tweets. And even if, even if you don't necessarily agree with it, follow them anyway, right? If they're well-spoken, sometimes sometimes uh, punctuation matters a, a lot less on Twitter, obviously. But if they don't make constant gram- grammatical errors, um, spelling error, sparing, spelling error, sorry, um, and the things they that they say, like, make a lot of sense, whether they're popular, unpopular, or you agree with it or not, um, it's probably somebody you should follow and then just clean up your timeline, unfollow like all it's, or at least, you know, create a new list, right. Or a tab for like, um, like important people to follow. Right. Like, cause like a lot of times I'll see, like I have like basketball stuff on my timeline. Cause like I follow basketball and stuff. So it's kind of like a distraction. So I have like, I, I recently started creating like other tabs right i have like an influencer tab because ah uh, yeah the lists yeah so i have like yeah so i started to create some of those i should probably polish them some more but um having those i guess is really helpful because then you can filter out like um i have like a defi list right and those people who post about defi stuff um and, and you know and farming and um certain coins that are popping off and that's where i got i also get a lot of my information from that and that timeline um, but then I have like also an influencer timeline where um, it's more for like marketing and like if tweets are popping off. Another thing is like if tweets are popping off and you see it's gaining a lot of attention quickly, you should reply to that tweet and try to say something like really funny or that would garner a lot of attention because it's likely somebody's going to like the tweet because they clicked on the tweet. Like if they click on the original tweet, you'll, you'll probably be amongst the, some of the first replies if your tweet is, like, funny and good and, and a lot of people like it. You know what I mean? So that's that's why I have an influencer list for, like, replies, pretty much. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I've heard the, like, the list thing. I haven't actually used it, but it does look like a very useful tool to kind of curate it and make sure you're <clears> actually on top of your game if that's what you're trying to go for if it isn't just purely yeah. a distraction right it's, it's a little bit annoying but like it's whatever i and the other thing is like i follow like my account follows a lot of people right yeah um probably 95 percent of those people are muted ouch a lot of times i'll follow people because like and the- they're just a part of the community immediately mute them because they're not actually yeah you know they're not really going to give me but it makes people's day also yeah you know that's true. people that's are like smart. oh shit just got followed i'm like okay great you know like they're happy about it right, no, shut up. Muted. <laughs> but yeah but like nobody needs to know you know like i just i just say that because it's a good tip because a lot of people's you know tweet out junk that I don't need to necessarily see. And I'm just filtering um, that stuff. It's like if you buy junk food, right, and you put it in your house, you're going to end up eating the junk food. But if, you're, if you want to be on a diet, don't buy the junk food in the, in the first place, right? The same way, like, 
you filter your timeline, don't have it on your timeline in the first place. Yeah. Do you have me mutedized? No, I don't. You're not. <laughs> I wouldn't have taken it badly anyways. I'd have understood. You're, you're not <laughs> muted. You're not muted. A lot of people in my group chats aren't muted. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily think my content is that good, but <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I think I, did, I didn't actually expect it, but it makes a lot of sense because it's true that a lot of people get the validation from being followed by the larger accounts. And uh, and it also, apparently, I think someone was mentioning how it helps to have the algorithm to have those interactions with bigger accounts. I don't know. But yeah, obviously, if you curate it that way and you make someone's day, win-win. Yeah, no, I uh-huh. agree. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a big deal. <laughs> no, I really. I, at the end of the day, what a lot of people do tend to forget is that it's Twitter. It's just an exactly. app. It's just a thing. It's, I, uh... thing. Yeah, and another thing is that I I don't block anyone, like pretty much ever, unless you're a bot yeah. that keeps spamming my mentions. Yeah. Sometimes that happens, and it's kind of annoying. So, I don't block anyone ever, pretty much. I don't. I can't think of anybody I have blocked. Um, I just don't. Um, well, for two reasons. One, it gives that other person a lot of satisfaction, and then they'll probably post about it, which I'm not interested in. But also, oh my god, look, I muted me. I blocked. <laughs> no, but the other up. thing is that, like, I don't. I don't really care that much to block somebody, and then, you know, shut out their opinion forever, right? Because even if it is negative criticism or attention um still supports whatever tweet right every reply is important <laughs> yeah I, it makes me think of that uh, absolutely legendary tyler the creator tweet i don't know if you know the one I, that i'm talking about I love he goes, that how tweet. the fuck is cyberbullying real i love that tweet. <laughs> just close your eyes <laughs> bro it's so true your phone bro like straight up like <laughs> walk away <laughs> It's funny because, oh, like, I know he really thinks that too. It, I mean, he's not wrong. He's it's not like, wrong at all, bro. It's a great tweet. I, I think, I, I mean, you can obviously always find, like, the that one situation where, oh, my God, it's unfair to tweet that. But as a general rule, it's true. Just walk away. And it, walk, and it works for a lot of things. Just walk away from it because it's not that big a deal. It's the reaction that you give to something that gives it the impact that it can have, right? For sure. But, pff, Twitter is, I think, even as, as much as like crypto Twitter can be fairly toxic, it's the amount of times I, I rarely will like go onto whatever, like the explore page and look at the trending tweets. And you look at the trending tweets of like normal Twitter, and I'm like, fuck, it's even worse. <laughs> like, Dude, there's some horrendous takes and i'm i'm pretty yeah. conservative like I, I don't really get too polit- i don't tweet anything political i'm pretty conservative yeah. for the most part i think a lot of people on um on like on crypto twitter are as well for the most part but like some of the things i see bro on twitter because like there's a lot of liberals on twitter it's fucking crazy bro the way yeah. they speak and what they support i'm like bro like this doesn't even make any fucking sense bro like this like, how do you function, bro? It's makes, it makes no sense. And it, it's like these people are like lunatics, straight up. Like, and they're willing like, to yeah. die. They're literally willing to die on their beliefs that are so dumb. And like, yeah, I mean, the US is a special all, place with that as well. 
I'm all for like everybody having the right to believe like what they want, freedom of religion and all that. You know what I mean? Like that's important. Right. But like some people are just dumb as fuck straight up. And, uh, they're just, I don't know. They're just better off being told what to do. Some people. I'd take that one. I mean, yeah, it's, I think the U.S. has got to be its special zone, but I remember when, when the French elections are happening. And generally, like, because I'm close to France, right? So I got a lot of the French t- trending tweets. And you look at it, and French leftists are, I mean, they go pretty hard. One of one of the candidates wanted to, like, completely eliminate police as a whole. But you look at it, and French people have that tendency to want to go on strike, to want to make all the fucking go out on the streets and get pissed off and shit and you look at the tweets and you're like dude have you a ever had a finance class b maybe got an iq test either of them (laughs) i don't know but yeah some people have very hot takes and it's like i don't know how you managed to tweet this thinking it was a good idea oh man that makes me think of another tweet that i saw today because a lot of people sorry to cut you off but a lot of people are prisoners they're prisoners of their own environment and yeah, um, yeah. they lack like knowledge and how shit works. Like even like you and I, we established earlier that like traditional financial markets are scams, even like Bitcoin to an extent, you know, it's we'll just buy it and decide it. Like it, it, Bitcoin, it's like I can fork Bitcoin right now, create another Bitcoin, um, be the exact same thing, but nobody's going to fucking buy it. It hasn't absolutely zero value whatsoever um people just respect the provenance and that it's it was first right but i mean what's first is kind of irrelevant right like empires rise and fall um if the technology it can be advanced right and that's why other people are just like yeah ethereum can flip bitcoin but okay but what if another uh chain comes out and it's powerful than solana ethereum x y and z right is it not supposed to be worth more um or use you know, in a more broader sense, whatever. It's a little bit besides the point, but um, you know, a lot. Like even though we established that financial, the traditional financial markets are scams, we still like play into it every day because there's there isn't a better alternative. So yeah, a lot I mean, of people I mean, are just sorry. Just to finish up, there's yeah. there's a lot of people who are just uneducated and think you know they deserve compensation for doing absolute literal nothing um then they think that's fair to i don't know like I, I feel like it really just comes from a place of entitlement place of you know maybe some people have hardships in their lifetimes and they're like wow like what did i do to deserve this like i deserve better than this right but like like where is like where is that money or you know better future going to come from it like it really has to come from you working harder even if your circumstances are harder and you don't have the same opportunities for example right like you're just going to have to hustle hard yeah 100% it's i mean it's that take where i think to a certain extent a lot of the value from a lot of things comes from just society and the point of view of society in the sense that like gold is valuable it's because it's scarce but it's also because people like gold if no one gave a fuck about gold the scarcity doesn't matter but then it's kind of 
Yeah. It's, it's also, yeah, it's like people like the gold, but maybe there could definitely be like a bunch of people that don't like it, but because everyone around them likes it, they're like, oh shit, it's worth more. Yeah, it's the same thing with the with the with the US dollar. You know, yeah. like we we can print more, right? The, the difference about gold is that it's in the way the the reason why I think it's intrinsically va- valuable other than the reason that it's been traded for since the dawn of human time, right? Like it's been considered um just treasure and wealth, right? Um it's it also has a finite supply, right? You can't make more real gold um and it's also like it's like literally like on the periodic table of elements like it has certain properties that can never be replicated no matter what and it's actually kind of cool i never yeah and and i don't and i think um that's what separates like a lot of people say like bitcoin is like digital gold i think like to to an extent, yeah, I think a lot of people believe that. I don't think it actually is, but um, because so many people believe it is, then that's what makes Bitcoin hold its value. Yeah, I could agree with that. I mean, I see, I see the comparison of like digital gold because I mean, the comparison ends at fixed supply, and because they called it mining. If they hadn't called it mining, it probably yeah. would have taken longer for people to come up with the idea. It's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, besides that, like I said, I can fork Bitcoin right now. You know, nobody's going to give a shit. It's going to be at zero. Just because Bitcoin had the first uh, market mover advantage plus uh, the provenance, right? So people respect it like that. But like if, but you know, it's never, it's not like free of um, manipulation either. People, a lot of people think like, oh yeah, buy crypto because it's can't be influenced by government it's not it might not be influenced by government but if i hold you know a hundred thousand bitcoin you know like i have i have a lot of power bro just the same the same way how like governance tokens work like if i have 50 percent of the governance tokens i have a lot of power huh then you govern it and pretty much literally yeah so like at the end of the day it, it still comes down to like money is power so whether 100 percent. yeah so i mean it it's the same game it's still it's still all a scam (laughs) yeah it's that one thing i I just like governance tokens okay cool cool idea whatever but it's that one thing that i despise about them is that it just makes it all an aristocracy it's like if you're rich you buy the token and you're good or you were lucky and you got there early but you're rich you're rich you buy it and now you play the game yeah, so it's it's about money. It's it's not it's not about equality or the common man. The whole point of like decentralization is just not to rely on a, you know, a centralized government to, you know, have peer to peer transactions. Um, I think, and I think that was like a huge breakthrough, right? The fact that I can just send you fifty thousand dollars in an instant without having a middleman being like, okay, like, what's your account and routing number? Um, and, you know, it, this can process in like seven days, seven business days, which is just retarded. I don't even know why it takes that long. Yeah, I can't lie at that speed. I mean, I was in a, I was talking with friends the other day and I don't know if you saw there's the, that, the new ba- backpack wallet, right? 
for the which you get like, wall, yes. yeah. If you refer it to people, you can get a Mad Lads NFT whitelist. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Given I don't have the platform to tweet it out and get people to download it, I'm gonna just tell people in real life to fucking download it. And and so I got a bunch of friends to do it, and I just sent them like two dollars. And it's the kind of thing where they were all fucking mind blown because I just I'd press the transaction, I'd say send, and it would say send within like two seconds. And I tell them look at your extension, and they look at it and they're like, wait a minute, I have two dollars now. And it was just yeah, that like it's surprise, and it's like it's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, I don't think it's enough to actually onboard them, but it's that it's that positive impression that you're like this is. But yeah, but you crypto have that does have cool a little things. bit. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea how we got here. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, I think we've actually been here two hours, if I'm not wrong. I know it's been a while. I didn't, I didn't expect to be here this long, but um, yeah. I mean, I hope you enjoyed yeah. it. No, it was a good, it was a good conversation, truthfully. I think, I think it makes sense to like end it here. Um, yeah, I mean, so I think there's one thing that I didn't actually manage to explain to you, and it was the the other pin tweet. It's that I do this thing where. If you participate in the spaces, you can claim an NFT. Um, it's kind of like the POAP concept. I think it's cool. And this time, it's a, it's a photography from a very underrated photographer on Solana that basically no one knows. But yeah, so if, if you want it, uh, typically, I try to make it more geared to the guests. So it's kind of like, let's find a picture that involves ice, which... <laughs> devolved to let's find a picture that involves snow because I had nothing better and because I had to do it in a day. And I was like, this no, picture is great sick. and I know the artist. And, That's yeah. it. I mean, yeah, so if anyone sees the tweet, you can post your salon address and I'll send it to you. Um, that being said, typically I would say if you want to shout anyone out or shout anything out, go for it now. I think you'd have a lot more reach on your platform, but fuck it. If you have anything to say here, go for it. Yeah, um, appreciate you having me on. The only thing, I mean, the, the one thing I really want to say is um, don't buy Cardano. Fuck yeah. That's a great take. Oh, man. There's a, oh, dude, that's a crazy story. We were at NFT Paris, and there's this one random guy. You know those videos on TikTok where they'll, like, interview random people in the street? Yeah. It's this guy that kind of tried to do that and he went towards people like, so so what do you think about Cardano? And it was the most awkward interaction I've ever been in. And if you, I think it's Lucas Trades or Lucas something and I'm in that video locked in Lucas. I'm in that video and I, it's the most cringy interaction of me saying, no, I fuck Cardano. Like, just fuck that shit. But at the same time, it was so awkward and it just gave me so <laughs> much pity for people that are in the middle of the street and there's someone who like stops them and like, so do you want to play a game? It's like, shit. <laughs> but anyways, uh, off that, like, upper day, um, thanks a lot for being here. I really appreciate it, especially on such short notice. Thanks for spending so much time. Um, next podcast is on Tuesday, 5 p.m. UTC, with Celestial, who's an artist on Soul, and then there's Thursday and Tuesday and Thursday. Um, yeah, thanks all for being here. Thanks a lot, everyone, for listening, and I will... See you soon. Thanks awesome. a lot, Iced. Of course. Thanks for having me.